You're listening to Legends Cast, a proud member of the Camp Legend Podcasting Network. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash camplegend. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, Season 4, The Starter Set. My name is Mark of the Lift. I hail from outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And with me today is my legendary and ever faithful co-host, Dead Broke Nerd, and my catastrophically creative co-host, Gibbles and Bits. DBM, we're going to start with you, man. How you doing on this uh, beautiful Tuesday afternoon? Doing pretty good, man. Had uh, uh, MLK Day off, uh, which was lovely. I really needed it. Uh, I am a combination of both uh, recharging and also uh, getting my crap together, so to speak. Um, I have a bunch of things I need to do uh, this week, both logistically and adulting-wise. But also, I'm going to be adopting a dog on Saturday. So, you know, getting my apartment ready for that. So that's exciting. New mascot. That's right. What, what like a, a, a dog that like someone else owns and they can't take care of anymore and you're earning it or what? No, no. So I'm uh, adopting a uh, greyhound through a rescue that works with like um, racetracks. So there's one like really close to me that basically uh, retired racing dogs need homes. So I like was interested in that. And, you know, uh, I'll be honest, uh, it'll be interesting uh, to report back on this with every uh, with with the podcast. Uh, You know, I have never owned a dog before. Now, I've been with around dogs and I had one when I was a kid, uh, but I've never been the sole owner. So this will be a big new experience for me. Uh, But greyhounds are supposedly really good, low key. They sleep like 20 hours a day. They're pretty well behaved. So I think it'll be a good fit for my introverted life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, you know, a, a dog that uh, was a race dog, I'm sure, is also pretty well trained because you you probably can't be a race dog without being pretty well trained, I would imagine. Yeah, I think um, they, they typically uh, are pretty good when it comes to like leash manners and stuff like that but apparently they also have really weird quirks because they've never been in like house environments before so they'll do things like not understand stairs and stuff like that so this will be really interesting uh hoping that mine adapts to stairs well because i am three flights of stairs up in my apartment so i'll either be carrying that dog uh (laughs) or uh (laughs) every every day day or figuring out how to teach it pretty quick some some they're they're very they're very smart dogs they just have to get over that like here but you got the muscles for though that's right that is why i work out so uh i'll yep. be reporting Carry back dogs on, on stairs <laughs> <laughs> well you know we also have gibby here with us who has a dog and a cat in the background already and uh watches and takes care of other people's dogs if i remember correctly so uh True. but gibby how you doing today man glad to have you here on the show I'm good, and I actually have two extra dogs in my house right now. We were watching two uh, chihuahuas. They are little girl sisters, uh, chihuahuas. They're very, very sweet. Um, so we are five animals deep in this house right now, not including me when I decide to bark from time to time uh, in the mornings when I go outside. So, uh, no, we're doing good. Uh, it's new year, new new me, and not really, but uh, holiday was good. Same thing. I had Martin Luther King Jr. Day off. Uh, which means a little something special just because we are in Memphis, my wife and I. So we did some volunteering yesterday around the community uh, while her father was in town to kind of help out and and kind of spread the love for for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So it's it's good feeling recharged, but also lots of things on my plate, too. Yeah, well, Martin Luther King Jr. Day has not historically been a day off for me necessarily. And so, uh, you know, when you when you're when you're your own boss, there's a lot of awesome parts about that the not awesome part is when you have four days in the week you have the same amount of work to get done in five days just with one less day so i did however get to go out yesterday and play a board game with some friends i took a couple hours off in the afternoon to celebrate went over to my buddy's house fell really hard in the mud with board games in my hand on the way and showed up literally caked in mud like my whole right side of my body and I oh, hurt real no, bad now because I'm old. Um, yeah, like launched a board That's game horrible. into the mud and oh. had to wipe it all off afterwards. But we played this new game. Uh, it was It's like a, a tower defense worker placement game. Really interesting. You're like placing workers and collecting soldiers, but you're building this really awesome 3D fort uh, that like has walls and turrets and every round on your little player board uh, armies come in and march at you and you have to try to take them out before they destroy and sack your fortress 
and claim your gold. And it was the coolest Euro worker placement tower defense game uh, I've ever played. And it's called After the Empire. My buddy had the Kickstarter version of it. Was really, really fun. Um, But this episode, guys, we're going to be talking about uh, Marvel Snap. And it's our closing Marvel Snap episode. So it's a slightly trimmed back episode digging into and looking at uh, specifically kind of our final thoughts on the game. And so each month during season four, the starter set, we are going to be talking about a a different digital card game. So next month, February, ding, 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 there's going to be a new card game that's going to be in the ring. And we're going to be having four conversations about that. Um, Marvel Snap has been one that we've been playing prior to just this month. And we're going to be talking about what we finally think about it after the time that we've spent with it and whether or not in the end of the day, we give the final verdict. Is it staying on our phone? Is it staying in our steam? Are we, are we deleting it? Or are we keeping it? What's going to go on with it in hopes to give you guys some guidance on whether or not it's something that maybe, Hey, you should check out. Uh, we've given lots of thoughts already about user, you know, interface and first time experience. We've given an episode about building a collection of cards, which is needed in every game. We had a conversation about the meta and who the game is for last episode. And so this being our final episode is going to give a bunch of final ratings, which we're going to jump into here in a moment. But I wanted to ask both of you, we'll start with Gibby. Is there anything you guys have been, you know, playing, jamming out this week, enjoying? Is there something in Snap new that you've gotten into at all? Uh, would, would love to see if there's anything, you know, new and creative you guys are doing. Um, as it as it pertains to other games outside of uh, what I talked about last week, I haven't really been playing anything that particularly new, um, but I have been expanding a little bit uh, with on some of the excitement that I did mention last episode with my Snap collection. I had just gotten into Patriot. I just pulled Patriot, so built a Patriot deck. I really like playing Ultron, so that those synergize very well. So I've been playing some Ultron Patriot amongst other things, still running with that Kingpin deck that pulls everything over with Magneto and kills it all. So I, I've, I've, I found a couple of decks that I just really like playing and I've, I've just been jamming those over and over again, uh, trying to grind the, the past. So not a whole lot of new developments on my front from a gaming perspective, but still pretty deep in the ones that uh, I've been playing and I've been playing actually a little bit. Maybe the only one that's new is uh, I've been playing a little bit more inscription. So uh, that's a, a deck. That's a game that I've, I've hyped in the past. That is a little bit of an kind of got an indie feel to it. It's a little bit not so polished, I would say, but it is a really fun game nonetheless. And I think that's going to be our February feature, by the way, guys. Uh, I mean, no, for sure. The first episode of February, in case we decided to take a, a quick zig where we were going to zag, but mm-hmm. the plan is right now, uh, the three of us is to check out the digital card game, single player, non-competitive game. Uh, it's almost like a story based card game, actually, which is really interesting. Very much so. Um, inscription, which we're excited about, which will be a very different type of conversation is we'll have to talk through different segments of the game as we play through it versus, you know, talking about four individual things. And then we'll tell you if you should play it. But DBN, how about you? you? You know, crack any new interesting cards or check out anything new and snap or otherwise this week? Yeah, so um, I had stashed up a ton of gold and then cashed it all in uh, for the Savage Lands set that they had a week or two ago in the shop, which had one of my favorite uh, sort of villain characters, uh, Craven. So Craven had a really mm. cool uh, art, and so it came with Craven, Sabretooth, uh, and White Tiger. Uh, I play all of those in different versions of things. Um, and I thought the arts were really, really cool. I love that sort of primal savage land, uh, artwork and and whatnot. So I picked it up and of course with that got a bunch of boosters and stuff like that, which is, if you remember from last couple episodes, what my account is sorely lacking, uh, is boosters. boosters. So I'm finally evened out where I have, uh, I am at zero credits and have a few cards with some boosters left. So I'm, I may be slowly be getting towards where everyone else apparently is, which is needing credits, not boosters, which is a cool place to be, I suppose. Um, so that's cool. Uh, and with that, I, of course, upgraded a bunch. And so I got a bunch of new cards. So I pulled uh, Maximus. I pulled Mr. Negative, finally. 
Um, and I also grabbed uh, enough collector's tokens, uh, picked up the last 200 I needed to get Invisible Woman from the uh, from the shop, which is very, very cool oh, nice. uh, as well and rounds out the Fantastic Four in my collection, which is exciting. Um, I'm still mostly playing my Thanos list, but I have deviated a little bit and messed around with also one of my other favorite uh, cards, both in the game, but also characters. And uh, I'm, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, so all of the Spider-Man villains to me are just really fun and make me smile. Uh, so I've been playing uh, what I'm calling Doc Lock, which is a control list using Doc Ock. Uh, very fun. Um sort of ramping with i i really tried to make it like a sinister six theme deck right so if you're a spider-man fan you know all the different rogues that he has in his gallery electro um, and hobgoblin yeah and all of that, <laughs> yeah sure. yeah 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 love it love it green goblin hobgoblin electro, electro yeah. and and that's the key the there right i'm trying to build around electro and electro ramping into doc Ock can be really fun because if they're playing any amount of a combo deck it will ruin their combo if you pull everything mm. out at a random interval into the same lane, it can really, really mess people up because they can't control the order or anything like that. And because you can do it so early in the game, if it goes poorly for you, you can usually retreat with one with only losing one uh, token. And if it goes great for you, you snap right there. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, I wouldn't call it good, but it's definitely fun. Um, and I just love Electro decks anyways. This was a nice little variant as opposed to like my Infinite uh taskmaster zola build which is always good um and so you know uh this was this was a lot of fun and doc ock just is hilarious i love the little pincers that come out in the animation so good time <laughs> he does have really good animation for sure um well for me i'm gonna i'm gonna show it on the screen for these guys to see but you can google it on the internet if you want but i picked up a totally dope variant this week i got the alex ross dr doom variant which is kind of Dr. Doom all in white, and it's amazing. Picked that up for some gold this week, and that was a really great addition to my collection. It feels kind of good to be at the point where I feel like my collection level is high enough now that I just save my gold for cool variants, which DBN talked about, I think, in episode one of this show, and I was still spending it on quests and cred, and now I'm not. The other thing I did was I got my first golden split. Uh, it's not a golden ink where the entire card is gold, but it is uh, the uh, it's like a golden background. And uh, it's the Seplinar. I think it's what it is. Sleplinar. I can't pronounce it. No variant idea. of Odin, which is Odin on horseback. That was a super cool uh, split to get. And so now I'm trying to get it like full golden inked because I think that'd be really dope to have a deck that has like all gold on gold cards be, you know, just a little flex. Um, and I'll say this, uh, I don't have enough for it right now. I'm hoping uh, that in the next six days I can get enough for it, but I really love the new devil dinosaur in the shop for 4,000 gold uh, comes with 5,000 credits, a title 310 devil dino boosters uh, and an icon. And am I right about that? Like that devil dino's dope looking. Yeah, right? it's it cool. is. It is pretty, pretty dope. I c I'm considering the same, truthfully. Like, I don't really want to spend 4,000 gold ever uh, in this game because I'm waiting for a cool Psylocke variant to come up. But <laughs> that devil dino is really probably the best version of devil. I don't dino know. The Christmas right one is pretty good. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> the Christmas I had seen dino. the Christmas one. Yeah, there's a Christmas vacation devil dino uh, as oh, well. It's I, uh, so good. I have that, so I have that Doctor Doom uh, uh, cosmetic as well, alt art that, that you have, Mark. It was as soon as it popped up in the shop, it blew my mind. I had to buy it immediately. Uh, love Doctor Doom, and so that one is. You're right; it's absolutely sick. It's like, yeah. If y'all haven't seen it, y'all got to look it up. It is, it is sick. Um, you know, but I'm also a fan of like some of the funnier ones. Like I really like the Baby series. I know it's. I don't okay. like the Chibi. I like the Baby series. Like I like baby venom is hilarious. It's so funny. Uh, baby doom is pretty good too. He's like playing with toys of the fantastic four, which is great. Like little action figure, fantastic. Four. Oh man. The baby series is hilarious. Uh, I love the art in this game. I haven't oh. touched a single thing from the baby series. It just doesn't. <laughs> oh, appeal I love to it at all. It's funny. The only one that I have that I don't mind is the baby variant of Morbius uh, where he's, like a little vampire sucking on a bottle full of blood. That's funny. Too. Um, 
And I, I actually, I have that one. I kind of like it. I'm not a big one. The other variant that I did pick up from the shop the other day I forgot about is the 1602 variant of dagger, um, which has her throwing out oh, a bunch of yeah. like light like daggers in sort yeah, of like a Victorian cool. style outfit, Very glowing cool. hair. And I've just, I have thought that was like the coolest variant of dagger that's out maybe. And so, I mean, there I, are really, there's some pretty cool variants. I really want to see. When I get, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Deviant. I just really want to see some old, some old versions of Ghost Rider where he's like, because they have like the whole thing with Ghost Riders. There's always been a Ghost Rider, you know. And so there's different vehicles or like horses or whatever. There's even one with him like on a on a woolly mammoth, like a, you know what I mean? Oh my god! I was like, I was like, I want to see some of those Ghost Rider skins. I want to see him with like a hot rod. I want to see him, you know, uh, the like the Western one with him on a horse. I mean, they even did that, mm-hmm. I think, in like the Nick Cage movie, which wasn't very good. So, like, you know, I want to see some of those for Ghost Rider, man. So there is one Ghost Rider, and I don't know what it's called, but it is him with a giant flaming whip on the back of a rearing horse. It's all clad in armor with like flaming hooves oh, and a flaming cool. mane that is actually pretty freaking dope there's also him that looks like he's like i don't know one where he looks like he's like a, a i don't know a drift car racer or something that's kind of interesting uh there's one with him on a motorcycle so there are there are some there's some that are really bad but there's a couple of cool ones and the horse one did come up in my shop but oh, i didn't have cool. i haven't the seen gold that one at the yet, time so i haven't seen it played against me or come up in the shop so i'm i'm hoping to see one of those i might snatch it up the horseback riding one is is really definitely dope. But, uh, well, hey, the, the conversation we wanted to get in today was we want to give final thoughts. And the way that we want to do this, at least when it comes to competitive games, we're going to try to rate most competitive games basically the same five categories. We're going to go around each give a one through five in each of the five categories. One is user experience. Two is gameplay. Three is like the art and theme of the game. You know, is it compelling to us? Five is fun. Like how fun is the game? And six is competitive features. You know, do we feel like this has the competitive staying power? And we're each going to give a final thought on each one of these, one through five, and then our final verdict at the end, thumbs up or thumbs down. Are we keeping this phone on our device or are we going to delete it after the month is over? Um, And so we're going to start with user experience and I'm going to kick it to Gibby first. Gibby, tell us uh, any thought you have on user experience on a one through five, one being awful and five being great. Tell us about just your overall experience with the game. Yeah, overall experience of the game, I thought has been, I think has been pretty good. Um, I don't really have complaints uh, about the user experience. Tutorial was okay. Um, overall, pretty solid. I it took a little bit to get used to some of uh, navigating some of the the currencies and, and navigating some of the menus and things like that. But I think overall, the user experience, like any game, is once you kind of get into it and get used to it. Uh, what you're looking at, it's not too hard to understand. It's very pleasing to uh, to to be in the game. It's it's a game I don't feel like is spam spamming a bunch of notifications at you, but there's always something to do. Uh, there's there's quite a bit of variety. So I I overall I won't get too deep into it, but overall user experience, I'd give it I'd give it a four. Okay, yeah, that's great. How about you, DBN? User experience for you, one through five. I've thought I, when I was looking at this, this is the one I feel like the least sure about. Um, I don't want to be too scathing or anything because I think ultimately like this is a game that's optimized for mobile, but it's trying to do as much as a desktop card game would do in terms of it's trying to offer all the features. It's trying to fit everything into a UI that by the time it has everything added to it ends up feeling very cluttered to me. Now, I don't think this hinders the gameplay portion of the UI. I think that when you're in the game, everything is perfect. I wouldn't change anything. Um, but when you're at the main menu, I mean, you have just on the on the basic part, you have four or five buttons crammed into the top. You've got things scrolling across the middle of the screen. You can you have a section to switch between decks. You have your play button. You have your season button. You have five buttons along the bottom row, each of which has a ton of functionality which is important to have i'm not saying that it could be done necessarily better but it it is i mean if if i'm being honest a little overwhelming um if you if you're not into it kind of what gibby was saying but i think it i think there are also portions of it that like to me especially like the news section feels maybe a little clunky 
Um, I would love to have seen the season pass integrated into the missions uh, section because they're so intertwined, yet you have to bounce back and forth between them all the time. Um, And then I think that uh, the collection and menu and like going through your collection and like building decks is weirdly difficult, especially once you get to like pool three. I don't know how they could improve that experience in terms of like, um, you know, they do have the ability to like sift through cards. You can, you know, use the search functions and stuff like that. But if you don't know what you're looking for and you're trying to like think of a deck as you go through it, um, it's hard. Like it's it's hard to to build. So I, I'm at the like I think like I'm thinking I'm giving it a three. I'm thinking of giving it a three. You know what I mean? And like if I, I like three leaning four, because like clearly they have to add all the stuff. And if it wasn't here, I would dock them points. But at the same time, it's here, but it's not necessarily easy. And you're bouncing forth between a bunch of things. If you have any like Gosh, I've had a couple times where like my service has been okay, but not great. And it's just the, the, you know, because there's so much bouncing back and forth, clicking between the things I just, you know, I don't know. I'm going to give it a three, but I don't want to be too harsh on it. I think over time they can clean things up, especially like, I don't know what it is about like the news section of it, but I just don't like the way it's laid out. The inbox, the, you know, the news, the videos, I just, it feels, um, ineffective i don't actually know what's going on in the game um outside of the game itself yeah no i uh i'm gonna agree with a lot of things that both of you brought up i think that overall the user experience has been largely positive and spoiler i'm gonna give it like a i'm gonna give it like a four leaning towards a three i think that we're all kind of in the same general area i think there's a couple of things that are cumbersome that i wish would change Things like my collection at first was fine, but the larger it's gotten and the more variants that I get and the more times that I split a card, the more cumbersome it becomes. I don't need to scroll through five different versions of Wong. uh, And I know that they've added a favorite function, but I just wish that they were almost like folders. I wish when I wanted to add Wong to my deck, I chose Wong and then it brought up my variants and my various versions of my splits of Wong. And I got to choose which one to throw in my deck. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Instead yeah. of having six different versions of Wong in my in my thing, I think that is I think it's just cumbersome and kind of annoying. Um, I I would actually have been a four leaning towards a five or a five if it wasn't for the abysmal way that the game has handled events. Um, I mean, it is absolutely abysmal. Yeah, it's really hard to, uh, to understand what's going on, and like they have the scrolling thing, but then there's the news section, and they kind of don't cross promote it super well, and well, like the news and the inbox, it's like, I never know what's going on with them yeah. or why there's notifications there. And if there is, and it's just terrible. And then, you know, you're not really tracking towards the quest, towards the event. Like all of the events have been like, hey, do stuff and then click this button, which will load you into this other weird browser thing. And then once you're in there, you have to undo firecrackers or or use a DJ table in order to power <laughs> something up. And and it's like, why? Like, why is it not just happening? And there's, why isn't there just a screen that says this event is going on? Here is how the community is progressing towards the goals. You've added X amount of music notes to the thing. And, you know, you can see the bar going up. Like, why is there a whole separate section that I have to go do a turntable for? I have zero idea why that is. It makes almost, almost no sense to me. Um and I think that that portion of the game is super cumbersome. And it's even more confusing, com- compounded with the fact that, you know, the date that, you know, the desktop version of the game, the non-mobile version of the game just literally doesn't have it. Like they just, there are no events on it. They're only in the mobile versions of the game, which is, I, I, I'm guessing that has more to do with the fact that it's an early access. I get that. Whatever. It's an early access version of the Steam client, um, not of the mobile client. So the mobile client has a more robust experience. But I do think that that's it's pretty bad. Like it is. And it's the only thing like I like everything else about the cumbersome nature of the collection. Probably the fact that I'm a card game player and I know what to look for menu wise. Like I know immediately what I want to go to. Like I can visit the stuff and I can identify it pretty easy. If I was not a card game player, it may take me longer to figure out where things are or why they're there or how to build a deck, that sort of thing. Um, I haven't had that experience because I'm a card game player. I can't really speak to that. But. Yeah, uh, I think a four leaning towards a three for me. 
Uh, Gibby, let's go back to you. Gameplay, uh, you know, like the actual playing of the game, one through five, one being bad, five being great. What's your feelings on gameplay? Gameplay, I think, is great. It's fantastic. Um, and and you you might find a, a little bit of a theme here with my ratings. I tend to be a bit more on the higher side, on the op- optimism side, and maybe not maybe not just seeing some of the the true kind of downfalls. I mean, because I think the guys things you guys said during about the user gameplay experience, the user experience are totally valid and and correct. But maybe just not things that I'm I'm thinking about on the forefront. Um, from a gameplay perspective, I do think it is it is great. I love how quick the matches are. I think is one of the biggest highlights about the gameplay is that you can get in and out of a match pretty easily and it's really not hard to it's really not hard to, to continue to queue over and over again queue times are are really really quick each round feels um like there's a good amount of variety there's not you're not you're not just jam even if you're playing the same deck over and over again it doesn't feel like you're just running into the same kind of monotonous cycle over and over and over again because the locations are unique and they, they're, they're randomized and you're not always pulling all of your cards from your deck and there's just a little bit of randomness but it creates more of a a, a breathtaking experience each time you kind of you get into a game so gameplay i am going to give it a five great yeah dvn how about you gameplay one through five well, now here's my question before i give you my final answer um i'm looking you know based on the categories we've laid out does gameplay encompass the uh, act of collection? Oh, uh, like the act of collecting cards. Yeah. No, I think what I'm meaning when we're asking gameplay is like when you click the play button, mm-hmm. how good is your experience when you're actually playing the game? Not necessarily collecting and building up your collection, okay. um, well, but like actually playing the game. All right. I put that more in user experience. In, in in my head um okay i mean i i yeah i would be interested to because i do think that it's a that we, we we talked about collection we don't have to break it all down but i do want my thoughts on the collection to be weighed into one of these categories so i'll weigh that into fun level that's what and we'll okay. get to that uh we'll lump that into fun level for this one so gameplay uh i am going to give this a five uh, I am very satisfied with the experience I have when I press play. Uh, I like building the decks. I like um, everything that has to do with how an actual match functions. The snapping feature is very innovative and different. Uh, I think that, um, you know, on an individual level, like we can talk about a holistic long-term expression right now playing the game. I'm having uh, a good time. And I do think that the mechanics the systems that have been built into this, the randomness of the locations, keeping everything extremely fresh is a very, very good gameplay experience. I, I really, I, I don't have anything to knock that, um, you know, barring some longevity or competitive questions, which we'll get into later. So um, gameplay right now and for after, do, you know, dozens of hours, five out of five. Yeah, honestly, I think we're we're all three on the same page here, Gibby. I don't think that you're overly optimistic about the game in this in this sense in any way. I think the game plays excellent. Um, I think that the actual act of playing the game, if I look that it, at it, it's a purest form, right? There's obviously lots of other things that can hurt a game that aren't gameplay, mm-hmm. right? Look at Tessel for that. Lots of <laughs> what was that? Look to Tessel for that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously. Or, I mean, dozens of sort of gotcha games, right, that actually have excellent gameplay that are ruined by a monetization model. Yeah. Um, which we're not really even touching on here. That's probably something that we should get into. Like, monetization should be one of the things on here. It's not for this one. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a five. I think that the actual act of playing the game is really fun. It tickles the right part of my brain for card gaming. And at the same time, it's brief and really combo-y and fun and it feels creative yep and i like the, yeah when i click the play button i enjoy it and honestly um you know there's a lot of games we'll get into this with the fun because you might think this and fun category are the same but they're not because i have played card games that gameplay are actually excellent they're fantastic games but they're no fun to play <laughs> and uh this game i think does gameplay well and i think it does fun well and uh that's really great i think 
Um, okay, the next one is art and theme. Uh, so yeah, one through five. What do you think about the art and the theme of the game? Obviously, art and theme can draw you in or turn you away. You can have a game with really great rule set. It's never going to become big or popular if it's hideous. Um, so tell me a little bit about that for you, Gibby. Art and theme. What do you what do you got on a one through five? So art and theme. I think the music in this lobby in the lobby for like there's like the basics of the when the home screen but also the fact that there's a different music when you go to like the shop screen of things i think the shop screen music is the most addictive personally but i love both of i love both sets of music and even the music while you're playing the game some of the voice lines that they've got on the cards when you're playing and some of the graphics they're getting more and more creative with those themselves uh are are great the art of this game and the fact that you can create, you can collect the different variants and some of the variants that you can pull uh, with the art are just so cool. And it adds so much depth to your, your collection building and the leveling up and the splitting of, of the cards and, and the art that kind of goes along with that. I feel like it's just such a, a pretty game through and through from an art perspective. I'm inclined from an art and theme perspective it's also a lot of characters that we recognize if you are a Marvel fan, me being one. Um, it's just a lot of characters you recognize. I think it kind of touches even a little bit of a uh, a more place at home for me as well. I, I'm going to give it a five for art art and theme as well. Interesting. Yeah, that's great. Uh, DBN, how about you? Art and theme, one through five. Uh, you know how like last um, episode we talked about how um, ben Brode really knows how to put a carrot at the end of the stick. Yes. Ben Brode also really knows how to make the cards fun when you play them. Um, mm. The voice lines, the visual effects, they're continuing to go back and add or update them. Um, I still think back to early Hearthstone days and I can like think of card uh, voice lines or visual effects that I loved. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about the the Cthun set, you know, <laughs> I bleed for Cthun, you know, and it's just like there's so much good stuff with their grand patron, you know, everyone get in here. Uh, and I feel the exact same uh, experience when I play the cards here. I love, you know, Doc Ock's little pincer hands that come in and pull cards out of the opponent's hand. You know, um, Star Lord's voice line always cracks me up. Uh, you know, I, I think. Um, I think they've done a really good job with that. Now, if I'm going to make a request, uh, you know, I would say I want the thing to yell it's clobber in time whenever you pl uh, play him. Uh, so let's get that catchphrase worked into the game there, guys. Uh, but to agree with Gibby, the music's phenomenal. Uh, I now I typically play with the music off. So in my account, like I usually scroll the music off just because it can sometimes like distract me. Um, but uh when I do have it on or when I did have it on, I quite liked it. Uh, and then obviously, as I've talked about before, the ability to really make your account your own between the avatars, the alt arts, you know, the, the little titles, which I think was a great addition. Uh, I'm loving uh, my uh, uh, can lift Mjolnir title. Uh, that one's really fun. So, you know, um, I, I can't, I can't, I, I want to give it a six, man. Like I seriously, I seriously think they could not have done the theme and art better. They're doing so much justice to the Marvel IP. Um, six, six out of five. Nice. Well, six out of five. You hear that? You hear that snap team? You're, you're breaking, you're breaking the mold. Um, for me, art and theme is, I, I have a very similar feeling to you guys. And here's the thing. You guys are both Marvel lovers, like in DBN. I mean, I would say you would can probably consider yourself like a Marvel fanboy, like, you know, from from childhood. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not just like, oh, yeah. I love the MCU. Like from childhood, you were raised on the artwork. Big time. So if there's anybody who's going to be critical of the mechanics that are linked to a character or the artwork that they released for somebody, it would be you. Um, and for me, if there's I mean, I, I saw Marvel Snap. I genuinely wasn't drawn to it because of the theme. I, I, I wasn't like. Oh, okay, it's kind of cool. The reason I played Marvel Snap is because Brode made it and because I liked Hurston when Brode made it. So I was like, okay, I will check it out for that reason and because our community was like raving about it in the closed beta, um, the closed back door, mm. um, the not so closed back door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but but for me, honestly, it's a five. It is a five. And, and it's just because 
man, there's not many games that I can think of that, you know, as a card game made me so excited to see a variant version, a cosmetic of the character. Like there's so many cosmetics that were in Legends of Runeterra that I could have literally just cared less about. It made no difference to me. I barely even saw them in my deck a lot of times. You know, it only themed one and then it felt completely out of place because it was like, well, why is my Yasuo a space Yasuo and the rest of my deck is not a space deck? And in this game, it just doesn't feel that way. They seem to fit. If I had one critique to offer about theming and about art direction, it's just the pixel variants. Um, I really yeah, like no, pixel I don't variants. like them either. Yeah, I agree. Too. <laughs> yeah. Pixel so variants. Bad, I'm actively discouraged when I open one. Like, I got, uh, I don't know, the 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 chick with the antennas the other day. Mantis. Uh, Mantis. Mantis. I got the Mantis pixel variant, and I was like, I, I feel like I feel like you slapped me in the face with this. I got so excited to get a variant, and I feel like I got punished for getting excited. Here's, here's the <laughs> thing, man. They wouldn't be bad if they would just zoom the art out. Seriously, if they, they're so blurry. they're so blurry, that's the problem. Because some of the pixel variants are really cool, and I know that they're like hearkening to the whole like Marvel Capcom game series. Like that's the inspiration, which I actually like that artwork style if it was zoomed out and clearer. And so like that is, I mean, I'm going to, I'm, but I, the thing is, man, I give a big, I, I, if that's the only critique we have is one yeah. of the optional variants don't float our boat. Like that's such, then we're doing, we're right. doing real good. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there are other variants that don't float my boat. I don't like, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the Dan, uh, hip variants, uh, just personal style, right? Sure. Personal. Sure. We talked earlier uh, Gibby's not a huge fan of the baby variants, you know, so there's things that I don't like, but that doesn't really have the only thing that I get actively upset about when I open is the pixel variants. Mm-hmm. The rest of them is fine. And there are so many things in this game that are super cool. And it's really cool that it's like not everybody has them, too. Yeah, there's like this little bragging right thing, which I think is done so well. I do that. We talked about this in episode one or two. It's the most screenshotable card game I've ever played. And that goes with the art, not just boards. Real fast, while we're on this, I think we should go through and everybody uh, call out their favorite variant of all the cards they have. Like sure, I like them. that. What's your favorite? I was thinking about that earlier. Ooh, my favorite variant I know exactly of all the cards that I have is too. Or my favorite variant of the card no, that, that you I, have right now. That I wish I had. <laughs> Maybe. No, no, that you have in your collection. Um, okay. Well, I can do that one quick because I, I talked about it already this episode. My current favorite variant is the Alex Ross Doctor Doom. Um, I really enjoy that one. The variant that I am waiting for that I really want is the feudal Japanese Psylocke. Um mm. the feudal Japan Psylocke is hundred percent the one that I want. Um, you know, to be fair, just closest to nearest to my heart though is my hazmat, my post-apocalyptic hazmat variant. Good. And that's just because the normal hazmat might be the worst vanilla art in the game um and so the the post-apocalyptic one is totally dope uh who who's up who, who's ready to tell us your favorite one that you have currently i was just gonna say um it's one of the Go first ahead. ones that i got and it's still like one of my favorite because i just think it's so perfect for the character it doesn't even have a special like name attached to it, it just says variant it was one of the first ones in the game it's a variant of jessica jones where uh it's like super noir looking like um like a what do you call it like a charcoal drawing almost and she's dropping her uh alias investigations card down onto what you can imagine based on her personality is some thug she just shook down uh or or something like that you know what i mean so it's just like so much so much sass in one artwork and it's but it's also just got that perfect noir uh vibe for the uh you know for the character being a a sort of private investigator at its roots it's perfect it's one of my favorite arts in this entire game uh so good that is a really good one gibby how about you what's your favorite one that you have currently you're going to get a you're going to get a gold medal and a silver medal for me i i i'm going to have to i can't narrow it down to one my i think my gold medal has to be uh the ghost rider version of quinjet where it's this like demonized, like all hellfire looking mouth open a blaze. There's fire coming out of every different like port of this ship. 
as it's like wrapped in chains and 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 flames and it is absolutely what i think it might be a relatively bland looking plain card like it's just like an airplane and then it comes it becomes this like animated and lively like on fire variant i love that and i will throw that i also love playing quinjet so i throw that into all into every deck i can my other one is one that you got i think during an event uh early on which i think was a super cool addition to have given which is the uh carnageized variant of spider woman where all of the tendrils and like the electricity is going kind of running down her arms and she just looks absolutely insane but as you start to level up that card and get it animated and, and things are moving in that card and the borders, it looks so cool. So I love that version as well. There's honestly some really good variants. Um, yeah. For spider woman. Spider woman's got so many good variants. Oh yeah. Big time. Yes. Um, blade, the blade the Pixel Avengers, one's not bad. The Avengers version variant uh, of blade is amazing too. Um, really love that one. Blade's a neat neat character with so many, like, I can think of so many ways that, like, you can do all these really cool arts for for him. So that's really neat. Um, Yeah. Okay. So there we go. That was fun. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Next is fun level. So, you know, one to five, how fun is the game? You know, we can have a a really solid gameplay experience without without us really having fun playing it uh so is I the think, game fun and i'm uh, just for me you guys can choose not to or or to do this but i'm lumping in the uh paid experience here as well so paid slash at collection advancement experience because i think i think, that's I think we addition. need to that's a component of fun in my in my opinion i know mark for you collecting is part of the fun so we're including that in our conversation here at least i will be yeah, no, that's good. Uh, Gibby, let's keep with the cycle. We'll start with you. Fun experience. We went one through five. Fun experience. I I really enjoyed this game, and I don't see myself turning it off. Uh, it's, spoiler alert, it's really, really good. Uh, the fun level, I think I've, I mentioned it earlier, the voice lines as it comes into the game. There are so many pieces, and I'm trying to segment our, our, our breakdown here into the buckets, but there's so many pieces of other buckets that play into and kind of overlap and for example this fun level piece of things i've mentioned the voice lines and how fast the games are and how loving the music i have a great time playing snap i do um i don't really have any complaints outside of maybe wishing that i could um be like i think there was if there was different queue systems like a like a casual and a ranked and maybe that's more in a gameplay kind of thing I think that would make it a little bit more fun for me because that way I could go and test and things and I could segment it a little a little differently. Um, I, I overall, I love the game. I think it is super, super fun for from almost every angle except some maybe some of the interface things like we talked about early on. Uh, I'll give it a four for fun level. Awesome. DBN, you now uh, jump jump on in, share with us. What do you think on uh, on fun level one through five? Yeah, so segmenting's hard um yep so for sure so i'm just thinking about here's what here's here's how i'm going to choose to define this this is going to sound weird but stick with me i am going to give it a three for fun level three out of five and and stick with me here explain there are a lot of components like we've talked about that i think are just through the roof phenomenal there are other components that i think need work um and I can look at this game and objectively identify that pieces of it, like the art and theme are just perfect and amazing. And I can look at the gameplay and say, man, it's real good. It's really good. Um, five out of five. I can look at the UI, but I can say, Oh, well, needs a little work. But at the end of the day, like what is going, what matters about how fun it is for me? How often am I booting it up? Mm. And right now, as much as I like it, as much as the pieces individually are like, oh yeah, like that's great. Oh yeah, that's great. I booted up a couple times a week, maybe like four or five times a week for about um, no more than a 30 minute game session each time. The reality is nothing is pushing it into my upper echelon of, you know, priority games. Nothing is hmm. making Snap for me go, oh man, I can't wait to log back on and do X. 
I think it has to do with the ranking system, kind of like Gibby was saying. Like, I just don't feel the like I I don't feel any pressure or desire to advance on the ranked ladder. The rewards don't speak to me. It doesn't. It's not going to accelerate my collection by that much. I also don't have a lot of agency over collecting, so it's like the collecting bug feels so random. That it's like, well, I mean, I could go and, you know, uh, grind out some quests, get some boosters and um, really force my level up. But I could just end up with a couple collector's caches that have nothing in them. Just more credits. Yay. Mm. So unfortunately, as much as I have fun when I'm in the game, it's having a hard time pulling me back in for the next session. And it's having a hard time convincing me to grind it and to stay on longer than the 15 to 30 minutes that I have of a break or I'm sitting there waiting on something uh, or I'm on the toilet. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like just real talk. Like that's that's where where I'm at. And I have fun during that time, but it's it's a little too easy for me to put away, which is my concern. So I'm giving it a three. OK, OK, that's fair. Um, so when I look at the overall experience of the game in terms of how fun am I having playing it, especially if I'm also just considering how often do I boot it up? I mean, it's a lot of fun then, like, cause I boot it three times a day, every day, pretty much like at least twice I boot it up. I play to complete my quests. I want to get my combo off a couple of times and whatever deck that I'm playing, I have the last two seasons grinded the ladder a little bit and got up to like rank 80. Um, I have not pushed for like a hundred yet. Uh, maybe I'm just not good enough game. I snap too frequently or whatever. Um, but I think that has more to do with me with competitive features, our last category than anything else. So my verdict for this is I would have gave it a five. I think that the monetization model is a drawback on the fun for me. Um, that prevents me from really truly fully embracing some of the stuff. I think that the monetization model for the season pass is great. I am a person who loves to see things collected. I love to see numbers go up. I love to see boxes checked. This does that well for me, and I thought it was going to be less fun once I got into a thousand plus CL. But it, I haven't gone away from it yet. Um, it just it ticks something correctly in my brain for the collector in me that wants to get all of the stuff in the game and wants to have a goal to work towards. Um, I'll see fun level may actually decline once I finish set three and which I'm relatively close to a couple hundred CL away, probably from getting close to finishing set three, maybe 10 cards left in the set. And once I'm only getting cards like 0.25 or 0.025% or whatever it is for set four and five cards, then maybe the fun level will actually diminish for me substantially. Um, just because I'll feel like, eh, it's just pointless and I won't boot it up as much. Um, so we'll kind of see right now I'm going to give it a four. I think the monetization model hurts it a little bit. I think maybe some of the RNG for unlocking cards and the fact that you like so slowly build up collection tokens, um, maybe takes away from the fun a bit for me personally, makes it a little bit harder for me to get into it. Um, last one, competitive features. Uh, I think, you know, none, none of us are super competitive in this game. So this will be a quick category, but give let's start with you competitive features on a one through five what do you feel about the competitive aspect of the game um i will i uh, let me let me just kind of break down my thoughts here first and then maybe i'll kind of come to a consensus on what i think um so i think from a collective from a competitive perspective the the ranking system in this is very clear cut it's not hard to understand you absolutely understand where you're coming from and when you're losing cubes and when you're winning cubes and what what how that's translating to your ranking and it is that scale I think it's decently in the middle of the road difficult to get to a high rank on this if you really wanted to grind it, but more it's kind of what DBN said. It's it's about the drive and want to grind it. It's not for everybody in this game, but if that is something that you are looking at, I think it is a uh, a pretty good process to be able to go through. Um, I wish there was separate queues. I said that earlier that I wish that there was a, like a casual queue versus a a, a ranked queue, uh, partially because I want to continue to to level up my collection, and it feels like at times I'm forced to go into the the ranked ladder to play fun decks that I'm trying to use to complete quests. So I just wish that there was a 
a separate queue away from the competitive. So I wasn't like losing a bunch of cubes when I'm trying to grind them at other times. Um, I think that's really kind of my only thoughts around the competitive side of things. So I'm going to give it, I'll give it a three on the competitive. I, I think that is maybe one of the weaker pieces for me is I think the scale is clear. I think you can grind it if you want to. I don't have the drive to as much as I have in other games here, uh, but I, I don't see an issue with it if you want to. So I'll, I'll stick with the three. Okay. DBN, how about you for competitive features? Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, I, I First off, everything Gibby said, I wholeheartedly agree with plus one. Um, the only thing I'll add to it is that I think um, they did announce a friend play system whereby you queue a deck against another player. And then instead of it being one game, you basically have 10 life that you wager back and forth between each other until one person's life is diminished, just like it's cubes. But you have a, and I think that's really cool. Um, I think that that's a system that they will continue to expand. And I think the fact that they introduced the system with this level of kind of nuance means that eventually they will get to the place where like there will be multi-deck sets uh, or or things like that for tournament play, which I think is going to be a big like question mark that people have. I I look at it and I go, do great players advance? Uh, and I say yes. And then I look at it and I say, do um, is the team making strives to make a competitive um, sort of tournament experience uh, that makes sense both for the game, but also will correctly express skill differential especially in the face of unpredictable locations it seems so my only i guess like star thing i want to sort of put a star on for like will this happen in the future i would love to see some additional deck building rule sets or restrictions or enhancements something along the lines of um team affiliations you know something where like if every card gained an affiliation like um, Fantastic Four or Avengers or X-Men or something like that, they maybe gave a deck building bonus if you only used cards from that. Maybe Mutant could be one or, you know, whatever. Cosmic could be one where you can have a Fantastic Four and Galactus and all those sort of cosmic characters. Um, I would love to see something like that because then that could encourage some sort of lateral deck building whereby you might, you know, include um, one card which isn't, perfectly optimized for a discard deck but which gives you a a deck enhancement so i think that there's a lot of direction that can go to increase the depth of the game and so i am that's my only reservation is will they make the game deeper than it currently is um but in terms of will they you know continue to support competitive play are competitive players who are really good currently seeing results it seems so um and so uh even though this game I've sort of evaluated is not the right game for me to try to play competitively. I think it's there. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. This one for me is where I see it being at its worst. Um, And for no other reason than I think for me, there's a certain point in which if you have competitive gameplay on one end and fun on the other, now, this is not a uh, this isn't a true necessarily 100 percent of the time. Obviously, games can be competitive and be really fun. But I do think that those two elements do at times work against one another. Right. The more competitive a game can get, theoretically, the less focused on the fun element the game is, the more focused on the fun element the game is. Sometimes the less competitive the game feels. Obviously, Hearthstone is a game that at least in seasons felt very fun and had a very strong competitive scene. But once again, the stuff that heavy competitive players typically complained about were the things that fun players loved the most, which was the RNG. This game has that in spades. The locations, some of the stuff that your deck does, they limit some of the RNG because you only have 12 cards. You have only one of each, so that it increases it. I personally think that this game will have a competitive scene. Will it have the best competitive features of card games? I'm thinking probably not. 
Um, I am interested as the games game stands today. That is they, they are rolling out this new update in literally the end of this month, theoretically. So we have a little bit of time to see it. And I think there that that could add a tremendous amount to the game. The idea of the health pool between you and a friend playing back and forth. Honestly, I'm really excited about that, but less from a tournament standpoint and more from a, I want to go play with my brother and compete back and forth with him. And I think that sounds really fun. Um, and so that actually funnels into the fun category for me more than it does into the competitive competitive feature category, even if it is a competitive feature. And I think that a lot of the determination on getting to 100 in this game feels very similar to Hearthstone in the fact that, yeah, it deals with skill around snapping, but not necessarily skill around playing the game or building your deck. I think that a lot of the skill set that's expressed in getting to infinite in this game has more to do with the amount of time that you can devote towards grinding the ladder and how good you are at choosing when to snap and when to retreat than it really has to do with the cards that are in your deck or how well you played them. Um, And honestly, it has a lot to do with how unlucky you get with locations that pop up that either work or don't work with your deck. Yeah, Yeah, I'd just like to jump in here and throw two things out here. First off, I just want to clarify my uh, stance. I guess if I were to evaluate it as it is today, I would say a three. I think that projecting based on what I've seen so far and what I think is going to come, I'm optimistic that it will uh, exceed that, that it will become a four or maybe even higher. The other thing I'd want to throw out there, just a a thought process, right? Looking at a theoretical competitive scene, you know, what would be really, really interesting is a LAN event for Mm. Snap because of the bluffing mechanics. Think about it like poker world tours, you know, like if you have two players given enough of a length of a series you know, where it's not just a quick, you know, um, 15 minute match. If you give them enough duration by which skill and the ability to sit there across from an opponent and um, not just look at their deck list and see which ones they want to run out and not just look at their, you know, um, you know, the location, say, oh, crap, I got screwed on this one. But to really um, overcome the adversity of the randomness, I think that that could be a really, really unique and and really watchable, um, you know, competitive scene. So um, I think it does have a unique place where it's not just going to be two sweaty nerds behind a screen pushing their glasses up. And you know what I mean? I think that there could be the ability to have in-person events actually add to it as opposed to what at times other card games, it's felt like a distraction or detractor from high level play. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. That's something the snapping and bluffing mechanism isn't something that I thought about watching on a stage. And I think that actually would be really interesting to see, especially with full knowledge of deck lists, right? Because we still haven't seen that. Like, what does it look like for two people to play against each other who have full knowledge of what is in one another's decks? I can predict, but sometimes I'm wrong, right? And so I don't always know if they have Shang-Chi in their list, but I would play different if I knew they didn't or if I knew that they did. And I think that adds more competition to it i i'm on i'm actually at a two on competitive futures leaning towards a three i'm i'm low on competitive futures i just don't think that this game is at its best there and i don't really feel like it, i feel like it leans on the scale of fun to competitive features i think it leans heavier in fun intentionally and i'm actually good with that because i have a lot of fun with it um personally but the last thing is this and we're getting off this is going to be closing out the episode uh we've been recording plenty long enough for this one uh a final verdict thumbs up thumbs down is it staying on your phone or your device or are you deleting it after we're done with uh this part of the season uh gibby you're first up thumbs up thumbs down keeping it is it going what do you what are you feeling thumbs way up i will be keeping it on my phone i will be playing it quite often and most weeks uh, probably every day or most days, at least. Uh, this is a game I don't I don't see going anywhere within my collection of games and within my rotation. What I consider popping in and playing and refreshing my brain on a daily basis. So I I, I plan on on snapping for for the long haul. Awesome, uh, DBN. How about you? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Final verdict: Are you keeping it or is it going? Uh, thumbs up for sure. Uh, this is a game that I will continue to boot up in the times uh, of my life when I'm. Uh, awaiting something or you know sitting in a car uh, on a road trip um you know opportunities where i don't have something else 
uh, to do. It's a great game for that. I'm hoping that they they will um, find a way to lure me in deeper. But even where it is now, I'm absolutely uh, still going to be playing Marvel Snap multiple times a week, a couple hours a week, uh, and, and enjoying that time that I do spend there. Um, so thumbs up. Okay, final verdict for me, a full thumbs up. This is not a game that I'm going to be walking away from anytime soon. We'll see, you know, maybe in a year, we're going to do a final look back in December on all the games that we covered this year. That'll be the real determination whether or not they've kept the content fresh enough for me after I finished pool three to keep me playing as regularly, or if there's another game that drew me away in a new way. Um, But for now, this is my number one card game on the market, digitally at least. And I thoroughly enjoy it and i get excited every day to boot it up and that is not going to stop in february i will be booting this game up in addition to whatever other card game we're covering and talking about next month because i love marvel snap and man i think it's just a great game it's been one of those games where i'm like ah, oh, dude we we could have sat around and talked about this game for two or three months probably uh, at all the games that we're going to cover that's going to do it for this episode and we want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening into the four episodes where we covered marvel snap this year on season four the starter set if you've enjoyed this consider leaving a rating and review or visiting us on patreon or joining us on discord all of those things are in the description of this episode come and join check out the other shows that we do we have an aos airwaves which is a show about pokemon unite that dbn and gibby do together we also have almost legends which is a once a month tabletop rpg play podcast we're currently in the avatar the last airbender universe and we're joined by an additional friend uh annie who uh has been playing that game with us which has been really cool you can check all of those episodes out over in our discord or by searching them on any of your podcast listening platforms that you enjoy thank you guys for tuning in to this section of season four come back next week as we dive into the next digital card game a single player experience called inscription Uh, appreciate you guys listening and be sure to come back again next week thanks for listening to this episode of legends cast you can join our podcast community by joining discord using the link in the description of this episode you can become a supporter of the show by visiting patreon.com slash camp legend and don't forget to check out all of the other shows in the camp legend podcast network 